0: You're listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, a podcast of training the church.
1: The reason it says the wicked flees when no one pursues is the idea is that like, if I did something wrong, I have to be always looking over my shoulder versus if I do the right thing, even if it doesn't go well for me, I can go, well, that's okay, I'm bold. And that's what the Lord asked me to do.
2: We're not responsible for saving anybody. We're not responsible for doing the work that the Holy Spirit does. But we can be unafraid, unabashed, unwavering, unwilling to bow down Mm -hmm. and look everywhere
0: for God to open doors for the Word. And just think about, like, sometimes being bold looks like choosing to rest and have Sabbath and have peace and not be frenetic. It feels counterintuitive because it's like being bold, but it's also
1: being at peace. Welcome to the Family Discipleship Podcast. This is Adam Griffin, and I'm here as usual with my two amazing co-hosts. First, Miss Cassie Bryant. How are you doing today, Cassie? I'm doing great. Good. Just great. Feeling bold. Oh, good. Feeling bold. You seem bold.
0: In in italics.
1: In italics. Yeah. Okay.
0: (laughs) I was thinking font. You're thinking...
1: Okay, great. And of course, here to my left, but always the woman who's right...
0: Oh. My wife,
1: Chelsea Griffin. How you doing, How are you doing today, Chelsea?
2: I'm good. That was clever.
1: What
0: was well, it? It came. Your, it just
1: kind of came out of my on your brain. left, but
0: always right. Yeah, it seemed spontaneous. I wonder it if was we could Brad to do like a series of clips of. Adam's like puns, dad jokes, no, you
1: like want all,
0: yeah. I do want that. If we can put that
1: together with like a series of clips of your like, what day of the week is it? And what food are you eating? Oh, okay. So okay.
2: <laughs> People need to know. <laughs>
1: no, it wasn't a dig. Do. I would encourage, I would think it'd be fun to listen to. Oh, I wasn't digging Just, either. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, we're all friends. Digging. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no right. dig. No
0: digs Yeah. There. Everyone's yeah. okay.
1: Chelsea has told me uh, when preparing my sermons, not to plan anything funny. And that's the oh. only way I can be funny. Is if it's unplanned, I don't have any like planned jokes or anything like and that. And I
2: think that's worked out good. I think it's
1: gone; it's been helpful.
2: I think our our, our congregation really likes it when you uh, like to talk in a little voice.
1: You know what? I did. Uh, you weren't there today because you were uh, you were working, but there were two things today I need to share with you that I thought were both spontaneous, and I thought you would have appreciated. Oh One man. in e- one in each service, but anyway, later, later, off air, I'll fill you in. It's the Lord's work.
2: (laughs) All right, we we need more off air time, you and
0: me.
1: (laughs) We need to record more of our conversations. I think, don't you think? (laughs) Okay, guys, I'll
0: babysit. Go on a date.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, today's episode, we're back in vices and virtues again this week. And this week, we are talking about boldness. 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 That's right. Well done, guys. That was that was no that was also spontaneous. It was emphasized. And emphasize. Yeah, Underline it. Bold. We're, we're talking about being <laughs> bold. So today, boldness, we're doing our usual formula. of uh, We're going to talk a little bit about our struggles, talk about scripture. I'm sorry. Talk about struggles, talk about strengths, then talk about scripture, and then so what. But this is a special episode for me personally, because, hey, guys, I don't know if you're aware of this.
2: Do you have a book coming out? I have a book. No. That is coming
1: out. Yes. What is it called? It Lucky. is called The Boy Who Was Bold. Whoa. The Boy Who Is Bold, and it comes out October 17th. So if you're listening to this episode on the day this episode comes out, it is almost release day for The Boy Who Is Bold. Can you
0: pre-order
1: it? You can pre-order it, even so if it's day ahead. It. In fact, you know what? If it's coming out the day after this podcast comes out, chances are you're going to get it just as soon as you would if you ordered it once it releases. <laughs> but yeah, it's coming from B&H Kids, and I'm really, really pumped about it. I think it's going to be awesome. It's so, autobiographical, right? No, well... <laughs> No, no, it's not say, Are who, you being serious? Who no. is the boy? <laughs> no, I want to know what it's about. I know not Cassie not has you. not read it. She has not looked at it. But no, it is not autobiographical. It's a book about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It really comes from two things that were kind of the root of why I wanted to write the book. One, you know, a lot of my ideas come to me when we're on a road trip because I just have so much time to think as we're staring out windows and driving long distances. But I was thinking about this, how... There aren't I couldn't think of a children's book that I'd ever seen that was about the one story we have of Jesus when he was a kid. The one story we have where he was in the temple. And and then the other thing that popped on my head is I can't think of any stories. This is something we talked about frequently on the podcast. Any kid's book that helps parents teach their kids that in order to follow Jesus, you have to be ready to be different than the yeah. crowd. And so much even within Christianity, within the church, is trying to help kids see that like, no, Christianity is cool. And following Jesus is cool. And it's the cool thing to do, to go to youth group. And it's it's cool. We'll hire somebody cool to lead it. And the truth is the Bible never teaches, hey, following Jesus is going to make you cool or be cool. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Jesus promises that you're going to be different than the world and that there's going to be people in the world that do not like you because of the Lord you follow. And so I thought, man, how can I write a mm-hmm. book that's going to help parents have that conversation with kids? And and those two things bridged together, and we wrote a book about how Jesus, when he was a kid, he was bold. He was willing to do things that other kids weren't doing and be somewhere even without his parents and, and follow the Lord to do it, and then uh, grew up to be a very bold man. But yeah, I just talked a lot about it, but I'm excited about it. I love it. Thanks. It's what
2: gonna are you going to do with all that money that it makes?
1: <laughs> First, I'm going to put it in a bin and I'm going to roll <laughs> around in it. No, uh, thanks for asking, Chelsea. 100%. The reason I don't feel icky at all about promoting this book, listeners, is 100% of the money we have made and will make off this book is going to Eastside Community Church to help yeah. us make the desperately needed upgrades to our, our kind of kids' ministry areas, as well as other areas in the building. And so this is one of the Griffin family's creative contributions to our building approved plan we have going on right I now love it. at East Side.
0: So yeah. buy five copies so and t- give give them away at Christmas. Yeah
1: we're trying to raise two million dollars right now. So if you want to buy, so buy uh, two, two million, million copies, copies, that'd be really <laughs> helpful.
0: <laughs> they don't cost a dollar.
1: <laughs> That's a good point. But I don't yeah anyway. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm looking forward I'm to it. I think it's a great—I'm really happy with the way the project has gone, and I'm really happy it's going to serve a good cause.
2: Yeah, I think it turned out great, and the artwork is beautiful. It's very pleasing to look at.
1: So good. The artist really did a great job. It kind of—it starts with uh, Jesus as a kid, then you have him growing up and to be a man, and then it you know teaches the gospel story, and then shows—Cassie, I know you haven't seen this, but it shows what it means for our kids, mm. basically, to— Be bold in a world where um, that's very dark and it very much needs light. And there's so many verses about it. We just chose a few and we can talk about more on this episode here, but just to shine like stars in Mm. a dark and twisted generation. And that's what I desperately want for our kids. In fact, I was talking to Eastside this week at our family retreat for our church about how I just want us to be so much more committed to being willing and really targeting, like aiming at raising weirder kids. Yeah. Like I want our kids ready to be weird in the culture. And that sounds so strange, but that's what I want. I want us ready to say, like, if the rest of the world looks at the decisions we make as a family, it says, well, that's super weird. I go, okay, yeah. yeah, that was the goal. Uh, there are a lot of things yeah. we're going to do different when it comes to social media or dating. And, you know, we we had a lot of these conversations last um, last fall, I think, when we had the countercultural season, but that's the, that's the idea. And, yeah. um, I'd love to help parents have that conversation.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, so then how would we define bold? What does it mean to be bold?
1: Well, I think boldness to me, uh, I mean, I, I'd love to hear what you guys think, but boldness involves a couple of things. One is courage. It's, it is about bravery. It's about being yeah. willing to do something that maybe is overcoming fear, but it's also about kind of casting aside social norms. It's about saying I'm willing or even eager to be a little bit different than what other people uh, expect or are doing, it's a nonconformist in some way, uh, which we'd take maybe Paul's conversation with the Romans in Romans 12, where he says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That takes boldness to yeah. say, I'm not going to conform to the patterns of this world. It's swimming upstream and and that means both like the current swimming upstream is the picture of this is going to be harder because everything's mm-hmm. working against me and I'm going a different direction than everybody else probably is. Well, let me bridge that back to a question to you guys. When it now that we've defined boldness a little bit, where is it a struggle for you? Think about this both as a parent making decisions for your family, but maybe also for on behalf of your kids when you think about. Uh, developing in them kind of a Christian courage, a Christian confidence, as well as a, a willingness to do things a little bit differently than yeah. other families are doing or what your your kids are doing. What comes to mind for y'all?
0: Uh, Eric and I were talking about this. And I think that what we find challenging is that so much, so much of boldness kind of plays itself out in some of the grayer spaces, yeah. I think, of our faith. And sure. it, it relies a lot on discernment and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so... I think what can be challenging is what we feel like is bold for us to do and for obedience for the Bryant family might not be the same thing that is bold for a different family, either in our community or our church or in our city or whatever. And so, I mean, there's a lot of very explicit commands in scripture. Yeah. But then there's a lot of like areas of life where we're trying to walk in wisdom and God doesn't call everyone to the same task. And so, I think that the challenging part is discerning where we're supposed to be bold and where we're being called to go that would be countercultural and then keeping ourselves from judgment or you know um, assuming let's assume the best for so like if the Griffins are called to something different than the Bryants then we're not going to assume we're doing the wrong things right? but we're both being led by the Spirit, just in different spaces, right. you know? Right, sense. like maintaining your convictions. Yes. And then
2: having, like, a very charitable heart yes, towards everyone else. Yep. Like you said, where it's like, well, we're sticking the, to this. I have this, like, just a fear sometimes of—I want to, like, comfort everyone that feels judged. hmm You know? Yeah. And so— you know, school choices are a place where people feel totally. so much contention. Um, which we've talked about this before. How it's bizarre. How like everyone can accept that lot, we're all called to different jobs a lot of times, and people mm-hmm. are like, "That's great, do you?" And then if if one family feels like, "Okay, I think we're called to to be in this public school," and another family is like, "We we feel the Lord pressing us to Christian education," and then somehow the families are like enemies now, and you're you know you're like, "Wait <laughs> right. what? Wait what? Right. No, we we probably need some of us." to go here and some of us to go there the same way we've seen the Lord move the gospel and move the church. But yeah, I fear sometimes where I'm going, I'm just, I'm just trying to be faithful in my heart towards the
0: Lord. And then I'm worried that it makes somebody feel judged.
2: So that feels tricky.
0: I think it's because we look to other people for, we're doing the right thing, right? And then when someone does something different, like sometimes we do that, we're like measuring ourselves or we're yeah. looking to others for affirmation rather than just trusting, like yeah. this is what we're called to do. And yeah. that could change, and that's yeah. okay. But so,
1: do you have any? Think of like a concrete example, like where being bold would be really difficult. I know that you're you're saying like in the realm of choices and school choices in particular. But how about for you personally? Because I don't think that is a struggle for you, Chelsea. You don't think other people's school choices reflect on you. No, right? no,
2: no. I'm saying like when we have a conviction, yeah. I want to, I have this tendency to want to make sure that people who don't do the same thing or ma- making the same choice, like our kid doesn't have the same type of access to tech technology right. that kids in his grade do. Right. And I'm not here to say anything about them. Right. Right. But we're not, we're not on it on a handful of these things that like, you know, peers and classmates do. And it's, OK, well, our, our kid doesn't do that. There isn't any judgment, but that's my conviction that right. that's what I should do for my son.
1: Don't you, I, I don't know if you deal with this though, even the decisions we make, sometimes I second guess in sure. my head, like, is this the right time to yeah. make the decision or the right
2: sure. time to have
1: that conversation? And so where, you know, where boldness maybe would be a struggle for me in the concrete sense, in the very real sense would be that I, I see other people making different decisions, and I kind of feel bad. Or I second guess, or I feel doubt around mm-hmm. my com- around the decisions right. we've made. Mm-hmm. So while I would like to say like, well, it's boldness, we're being different. It actually feels like a a timid, mm-hmm. uh, countercultural decision. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> yes. yes, like uh- I, uh, I'm very sorry we're parenting differently. So like uh, maybe a concrete example would be a lot of other families have made different decisions that we have about sleepovers, right? And so we have, uh, you know, our own kind of rules we walk through and thoughts we have about uh, overnight retreats and overnight camps and and sleepovers. And we can walk through all that maybe at another time at an episode that's more specific to that. But I I do feel like a timidity and an apologetic Mm -hmm. sense instead Mm -hmm. of like a boldness that says, no, I think a lot of parents should make the decisions we're making. I think I say like I'm I'm sorry that my kid will suffer for this and maybe other families will as well because they won't have my kid's presence there the mm-hmm. way that you guys will have others. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think uh something that we do I think because I work in a church and Eric's a biblical counselor and works at our kids Christian school it can feel like our life is a bubble. Yeah. And so we've felt like conviction and felt the spirit's discernment oh. lead us or the spirit lead us in discernment about exposing our kids to parts of like different worldviews and different parts of culture, but under our shepherding guide. And so it's like we're going to we're going to watch this and we're going to talk about it. Or we're going to go do this and we're going to talk about it. Like whether it's an art museum or a movie or whatever. Rather than kind of leaning into the sheltered, because they're going to get exposed to all of that. Someday, and we want to teach them how to think about what the world is offering, which is a bunch of lies. You know, yep. <laughs> it's a bunch of terrible, it's a bunch of terrible worldviews. And um, rather than just shelter them all together from it, and then them not know how to think about it, does that make sense? Yeah. But sometimes I can feel like shade from others. Totally. Mm. About like, wait, what? You do you would feel, do that, or do you, feel you like would let a, them listen to that?
1: Do you think there is a difference in the boldness you would speak to your kids than the boldness you would speak to somebody else's kids, and or some other? parent about those exact choices where you'd be like, hey, maybe this is why we're doing this. And if another parent asked you like, hey, why are you making that choice? You'd maybe be a little softer.
0: Maybe it might depend on the setting because I do feel like I carry some weight. It might carry some weight because we lead in our churches. So it might feel like it's not authoritative, but like, well, if Cassie's doing it, then maybe we should do it rather than like we decided that this is our, you know, this is our prerogative as a family where like a kid who's in public school, they're going to They're going to get all of that because they're already they're talking with their friends about what's Mm -hmm. listening to or what they're watching, and so then the parents are having to have different conversations about what their kids are exposed to. And you know, does that make sense? Yeah, it's the same concept. It's just working itself out differently. Yeah. 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 yeah,
1: I think uh, in my heart, I in, in my mind, and kind of as I'm thinking through experiences, I think the bolder I am, sometimes I feel like I, I might be coming across judgmental. Mm. And uh, I might actually have to be judgmental in some circumstances. But that if I'm bold in a decision we've made as a family, or if I'm bold about my faith, other people interpret that as like condemnation, I guess sure. is the right word. What, what I say is like a bold decision we've made, they hear condemnation. And what's ironic is I know a lot of people who would make very different decisions than me feel no timidity at all mm. to communicate their convictions. Sure. And they and they do I do not feel judged by them. I feel almost like impressed, like, wow, that's awesome the way that they're able to be bold well, about that. Uh, I so wish I was.
2: We talked about boldness boldness being like a willingness to go against the grain, a non-conforming thing. And I think sometimes people seem bold and what we really mean is loud, but they feel like they're part of the majority. And yeah. so it's it's not actually not right. requiring courage in that sense, if that makes sense. Because they don't feel like they're going against the grain.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, they feel like everyone supports me. Yeah. If they were scared that they were the only one who thought that who thought what they thought, I don't think they'd present it that way. Yeah. That's
1: a really helpful distinction. You totally. Know. Between like loud and confident that I'm in the majority and in a safe position versus actual boldness that would be like, it doesn't matter what other people think. Right. This is what mm. I believe is right.
2: Right. Like if you're sitting at women's Bible study proclaiming that Scripture's authoritative— yeah, and, and holds you know, and right. holds all really the, the keys for human flourishing. Yeah, you know, you just don't feel like oh, I'm going to lose my job or a friendship. <laughs> um, right. you, you don't fear that, right? There's no yeah. fear because in that room, mm. um, you are in the majority, and so it takes no boldness required yeah. to say that at church, right? And then if we go to another place with our neighbors or coworkers or whatever um, to say the same exact thing. Yeah. I think the Bible's true. I think people would be um, really blessed by following what it says. There are places where that would be, will feel like a dangerous thing to say. Mm. Yeah. And so that requires boldness. So it's the same statement. Amen. It's the difference between feeling like I'm in the majority and there'll be no pushback and no resistance and everyone's going to support me and pat me on the back versus this is a risk and I have something to lose, but I'm here to say that Jesus is better than the thing I might
1: lose. That's really helpful. I Because I, I think what you're touching on is a struggle I see in my own life that I'm Happy in some circumstances to be loud and call it boldness, Mm -hmm. as if I'm doing what the Lord has asked me. And then in other circumstances where I'm quiet and going, but I'm bold somewhere else. You know, (laughs) like I literally have for a job, I have a microphone every week where I tell a congregation, this is what is true. And in many ways, it's a very safe place to talk about the things we believe. And so it would seem bold, or people would call it brave maybe even when we say things we believe that are countercultural. And while there is resistance to that, and there's certainly feedback where everybody doesn't love everything we believe, even within our own church, it's not the same as standing on a street corner or talking on a, on a news program mm-hmm. or, or standing up in front of a public school group of parents and saying, here's what's true and here's what we believe. Sure. And in order, I do think there's a, a, twi- a turning in our culture where because we're in an increasingly post-Christian culture, it's gonna be increasingly important that parents that are Christians are ready to be bold. Yeah. Not necessarily just the loudest voice in the room, but also like totally committed, unrelenting in what we believe. Yeah. Saying we're not compromising. This is this is what we believe, and it's because the Bible says it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's interesting that like we feel this timidity and almost this like sense of um apology owed when when we're when we are saying something that's different. When I think about my own story and what brought me to Christ, it was not Christians who were like, hey, I'm just—I'm so sorry, but (laughs) if you want to come to church, you can't—like, there were—I know this isn't everybody's story, but Mm. it required, like, Christians of real conviction in my life telling me things that were true, telling me what was better than what I was choosing. No one was being mean to me, but no one was wavering either. And the girls in college that were like, hey, come to this Bible study. You got to come, come on, you know, and you're coming to church. I'll pick you up. Required boldness that I I wouldn't have gotten to those places without, yeah. without it. And I'm so grateful for that. But then sometimes we look and go, okay, who can I impact? Who can I share my faith with? Mm-hmm. And think I have to just constantly apologize or, or yeah. stay so quiet, not, not confront any lie that another person believes.
1: Yeah. I don't remember who it was, Chelsea, when you and I were public school teachers, but somebody it really emboldened me by helping me understand because I think there was some timidity in me to say like, well, what can I say in a public school as a public school teacher about what I believe? And somebody helped me see the difference between saying like, well, you you tell kids that they have to be Christians and saying it's actually... Illegal for somebody to tell me that I can't, as a teacher, be a right. Christian, and so you, I have every right in America to be a public school teacher and a Christian. Yeah, you can't tell me not to be, and so anytime we were in class, you know, and getting a chance to talk about our faith, I would say things like, "Well, as a Christian, these are the things I believe," and you can say that. You could say that in yeah. in any, almost any realm, as long as the, you know there are some restrictions on proselytizing on telling people what they have to believe as in certain positions and public positions. But I do think that emboldened me just to go, oh, what what am I allowed to do? And that was helpful to me. But as a Christian too, I think about, well, we'll, we'll get to scripture here in a second. Let's talk about this as strength. So we talked a little bit, we danced around kind of our personal struggles on feeling where, where we're quiet, maybe where, where, or where I'm equating boldness with loudness and needing to understand it better. Chelsea, it was a really helpful distinction. Where do you feel like this is going really well for your family, that you guys are making choices? You're like, this is different and we're, we're great with it. And I'm, I'm honored to talk to anybody who wants to ask me.
0: I think, I mean, similar to you guys in terms of like our door is open. We just love to practice hospitality. We've had people live with us for most- I mean, most of our marriage, we've had like we have space in our home for hospitality, like for people to come and stay with us as they need to for seasons of life, and that has definitely like uh, people have asked for an explanation in our neighborhoods, Mm. you know, or they they'll make assumptions or whatever and assume it's a little sister or you know whoever is staying with us, they'll make assumptions, but it always gives us an opportunity to kind of talk about our ministry of hospitality when people ask, and so I think that's something that's different. It's maybe not as like loud. Um, But it's definitely something that marks our life. And I think people would say about us is that, and not even just people staying with us, but we love to host. We love to have people over. And it's not like fine dining every time. You know, sometimes it's just spaghetti or mac and cheese and corn dogs. Here
2: comes the food.
0: But, oh, I know every time. (laughs) Um, But I think it's just like inviting people into our home, um, even if it's messy, has been one space for us where it's felt like that's, that's different. That's counterculture. Yeah. That's not what
1: the world is. And you're is doing. unapologetic about being hospitable to people in need. Yeah, we definitely
0: yeah. have wanted to grow in evangelism. We, before the pandemic, made space on Monday nights to have neighbors over consistently to try and just get them in our home and have conversations and become more familiar with our neighbors. And probably should pick that back up because it's yeah. been a little while since we've made it a concerted effort for that.
1: Hey friends, it's March. And that means Easter is right around the corner. In fact, Easter is in March this year. It's part of the reason I'm pumped to tell you about one of our sponsors. Who's got a really special Easter deal. This is a great time to get some new resources to disciple your family. Our friends over at Lithos kids are having an Easter basket sale. They've got the brand new little pilgrims, big journey, complete box set. It's now available guys. I can't tell you how much I love this resource. at Lithos Kids right now. So what a great discipleship opportunity. To find all this, go to lithoskids.com. See all the items in their Easter promo, including their new release, the parables of Jesus and the Kingdom of God Bible storybook. Guys, we love Lithos Kids. You're going to love them too. Go check it out today, lithoskids.com. And remember the promo, Family 10, to get 10% off your entire order. Sometimes hard things happen. Sometimes they happen to children. When God Makes Scribbles Beautiful is a beautifully illustrated book that helps kids trust that God can take their hard things and use them for good. This picture book imagines that the hard things in a child's life is a scribble following him everywhere. Readers will journey through God's promises from the Bible, inspiring hope and faith in God's good and redemptive plan. Hard things don't always go away, but God can turn them into something beautiful. Available at beautifulscribbles.com. Download a free parent connection guide and printable scripture cards. Well, if I can brag on my wife for a minute, connected to what you're talking about, as we've had, we have a lot of neighborhood kids who come over to our home on a regular basis. And I think I've maybe mentioned this on the podcast before, but a lot of kids in our neighborhood are from countries, you know. They're refugee status families. They came from really difficult backgrounds in other countries, and now they live here in Dallas. And Chelsea is so bold in talking to these kids who just are coming over. They want to play chess on our front porch, or they want to get something to, you know, they want to drink a water... And Chelsea just starts asking about like what they believe and who here is Muslim, who here is Christian, who, you know, what languages do you speak, and talks about our church or talks about our faith. And mm-hmm. she's so bold in that and unapologetic. And I, I'm just always inspired by it, always encouraged by it. Chelsea, I think it's something you're really, really strong in. Is that you are not ashamed to say this is what we believe, and I think uh, I want everybody to know that because you want everyone to know this gospel. I love yeah. seeing that in you.
2: Thanks, Pam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think a concept that was uh, was really helpful. For 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 me, and I think for you too, you know, I don't work in a church, so I get to see more people that don't love Jesus. But Adam and I used to do this apartment ministry that had a lot of accountability. And so they required you to keep track of mm-hmm. how many times in a month you invited someone to church, how many times you shared the gospel. But the the low-level thing, this is the one that really made an impact on me. They want to know how many times you threw a faith flag. And what that was was basically saying when you meet somebody, um, throw it out there quickly that you're a person of faith. So if you meet someone they say, why would you move to Dallas? They say, uh, well, I'm interviewing for a job. And you say, great, I'll pray for that. The difference between just saying, well, good luck, or I hope that goes well, yeah. but just show quickly that you're a person of faith so that they know that that door is open. Just be quick to mention church. Be quick to mention that you pray and throw it out there. And for a lot of people, that's enough for them yeah. to go, oh, okay. Um, and maybe they'll come back to it later. And we saw that a lot in that apartment ministry too. But I see, I've see, i seen that just kind of all over my life. Just be I just mm-hmm. want to be quick to volunteer, um, that I'm a person of faith and then see what doors are open. And, and you can see quickly, sometimes people are really shut down. They do not want to talk about that. And I'm like, okay, I can respect that. But, but they yeah. know that I'm here and that yeah. I, I obviously, I like to talk about God if yeah. they will, if yeah. they want to talk about
1: it. Too. But assuming on their behalf that they don't want to talk about God is not going to be to anybody's benefit. Right. Right.
0: And then you get awkwardly like six months in and they find out like, oh, wait, you're a Christian. Right. And <laughs> then it's like, oh, that's a bummer. Cause right. I would hope that I've lived my life in such a way that you right. would know that, but I not been explicit so. right so yeah. a good
2: thing happens and i say praise the lord yeah god yeah. is good they, yeah. thank you lord and that's that's right that's right to say right. anyways you know so it's not like we're doing that t- t- for show right. that's right we don't want to say oh what good fortune <laughs> 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 we say oh thank yeah. you lord that's right yeah. and so just when you build those things in mm-hmm. daily those that becomes less scary. Mm-hmm. And you see kind of, like I said, who who picks up on it and wants to know more and who would like to be left alone. Well,
1: and I think too, for our, <laughs> for our kids, you know, as you're spiritually leading our family, Chelsea, I see them see that boldness in you and it has a huge impact on them, not just in the conversations you have with others, but also... The boldness you have in the conversations with our kids about why we do what we do, what we believe, there's no hesitation in you to attribute our decision-making as a family to what we believe the Bible says. Like there's no hesitation in you. We're very bold about that with our kids. Cassie, I assume you and Eric are the same way, just saying, if this is a decision we're making and we can attribute it to God, or this is what has happened and we can praise God for mm-hmm. it, or this is what's happened and we're gonna pray to God in it. You're very bold and very quick to jump to those things, right, there's no timidity in you around those things in your home. Yeah, no. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's turn the corner to scripture. What, what Bible verses come to mind for you guys or what narratives come to mind for you? When you think about boldness and when you think about what we're called to as followers of God, what comes to mind for you? I
2: think about David saying, look at these uncircumcised Philistines trying to yeah. defy the living God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you work that into everyday conversation. Yeah, wherever I can
2: throw it in, I'm like, can you I believe what these uncircumcised <laughs> Philistines are up to? I would have taken
0: you for more of like the midwives not killing Hebrew children. Like, yeah, you but know? they lied. They were like too scared to I, tell the truth. Yeah, but they were still like the whole... You know, reason Moses was rescued. And- yeah, I appreciate that about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you're like those dishonest, lying women. That's why you. Th- that's why you read that story.
0: Those lying midwives. <laughs> like I would have never lied. Uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, yeah, I would have done it and not lied about it. And you would have been cast into the Nile. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I think about roosts. Ruth- go into Boaz on the threshing floor how bold that must have been for her to be like I'm just gonna ask I'm just gonna put myself here and hope
1: yeah put myself out that, there
0: yeah my kids all, the were all, all the same exactly. ladies
1: all the same yeah you think she was doing a little Beyonce dancing through the threshing floor she invented it okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was ready for that jelly so
0: oh my gosh
1: <laughs> can you say that
0: <laughs> no, that's good. Okay. They, yeah. you know, keep going. What other Beyonce? So bold. Uh, what
1: I, I, I don't know. There's something involving Halo. That sounds Christian. Yeah. Right. And
0: then there's like to the box to the left.
1: Something yeah. and say, to the left. say my name, Boas. No. No. Wait. Say my name. Say my name. That's no. That well, that Beyonce? was Destiny's Child. That was Destiny's Child.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So yes, Beyonce. So I'm on the right track. Yeah. That was, so yeah.
1: other than the Bible verses about Destiny's Child <laughs> and Beyonce, what, what else sticks out to you guys about boldness?
0: Uh, Joseph for marrying
2: Mary.
1: Was, okay. I yeah. feel like that was uh, yeah. that
2: was definitely countercultural.
1: Yeah, yeah. For you're sure. right. The verse that always comes to mind for me is Proverbs 28, one. I think mm-hmm. about this verse a lot, which is that the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Mm. So I think about like is it, in a lot of decision-making as a leader in a church and in a family, I feel like if I'm making a decision that is righteous, I can be bold about it. If mm-hmm. I believe this is right, I don't have to be apologetic mm-hmm. and I don't have to fret and I don't have to worry. The reason it says the wicked flees when no one pursues is the idea is that, like, if I did something wrong, I have to be always looking over my shoulder, going, What if I get busted in this? or What if it turns out poorly? Mm-hmm. Versus if I do the right thing, if I do what God has called me to, even if it doesn't go well for me, I can go, Well, that's okay. I'm bold. And that's what the Lord asked me to do. Mm-hmm. Be that in the way I parent or the way we pastor. You know, I've just, if I do the right thing, what God has called right, I feel bold. Yeah, I'm emboldened.
2: I think we, I think we have tons of stories, and and then in the New Testament, we do have some examples. Paul in prison is just like, isn't he wild? You yeah. know, it's like <laughs> he'll be in prison for his faith, and he's like, great, I'll share with the prison guards. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, like he's just he's not he is not going to bow down. Yeah. He's not going to. He's yeah. not going to waver, and he's not going to apologize either. And he's going. Keep bringing the consequences, not afraid. Um, So you love to see it. This verse comes from Colossians. This is Paul. He says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I'm in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Hmm. That verse had a big impact on me when I was very new in my faith, Uh, just thinking about looking for doors, Mm-hmm. For the word, that God would open those up. And, you know, the obvious assumption is that then I would walk right through them, right? That yeah. I wouldn't just stand there or, or shy away. But he's saying, pray that God would open the door. And then he says that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that we can speak clearly about the gospel, clearly about the truths of God. Uh, we're not responsible for saving anybody. We're not responsible for doing the work that the Holy Spirit does. But, we can be unafraid, unabashed, unwavering, unwilling to bow down mm. and look everywhere for God to open doors for the word.
1: Yeah. The one that comes to mind for me when I think about our family, you know, we have, we have three sons. And so I think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as a mm. story that I want our kids to kind of live out. Not in the sense of I want them thrown into a fiery furnace, but that I want them to feel partnered together yeah. mm-hmm. to say, even if everybody else bows down, even if everybody else around me does what they should not do. We'll stick together. We're going to do what we should do. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood against a culture that was hostile towards their religion in more than one uh, instance in the book of Daniel, said, no, that's not what we practice. That's not what we believe. And even though we're going to be punished if we we don't do it, we're not going to do it. We're not going to bow down. We're not going to eat what they're going to eat. We're going to stay resolute. And I think about that story when I think about what I want to develop in our kids through our family discipleship. I want to develop a kind of camaraderie, a partnership, not just in them, but in the church. That's why God gave us the gift of the church, that even if the rest of the culture goes the other way, our church, we're going to be surrounded with people saying, yeah, but we're not going to do that. We're going to keep following God regardless of the culture. And I want it specifically, of course, for our three boys. But I, I think about that story sometimes when I just think about why we get to, why we read the Bible with our kids. It's not just to because we're checking a box. It's not just because I'm a Christian. It's because I want to grow something in them. And part of what I want to grow in them is a, a boldness, is yeah. a confidence, is a resolute, uncompromising commitment to who God is and what He has called them to. I yeah. want that for them.
2: Yeah. John Piper says, You want to be a rebel, read your Bible every day. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's doing that.
1: Nobody's know. doing that. Right. hopefully a lot of people are going to
2: say, but but you know what I mean? Like in in the world at large, but I'm saying that that's why we read the Bible every day with our children. Right. You're saying like, yeah, if you, you want to rebel, like this is it, right?
1: That is our rebellion against a culture that loves Mm. to hate our God and hate his people. Yeah. So yeah, people will look at that and say, we're weird. And I say, great. I want to raise weird kids and I'm going to be a weird family. And I want our church to be weird in a community that if it's weird to follow God, then call me weird, you know? Yeah. And I think that's all through. I love that you said, Paul is a great example of that to say, like, if you think I'm out of my mind, it's because I'm out of my mind for Christ then. Like there's, you can call me crazy, but uh, it's the if it's the right kind of crazy, I'm in for it. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. I'm not going to conform to the pattern of a world that doesn't follow our God. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like if we have people at our house, Adam's been great at this. Of like, if we have people at our house, regardless of what they believe or or where they're at, if it's our time to but, yeah. to read and pray and sing, they're always invited in. Yeah, they go, okay, now we're doing that. This is what our family does at this time, and you're invited, you know. And so now we're gonna read and pray and sing together. And that's I hope been a sweet ministry for people in our life,
1: and I hope it also helps our boys see like. This is not something mom and dad hide from yeah. the rest of the world. Yeah. And we just read pray and sing when it's just our family. And yeah it's like this is this is what we do. Yeah. And we're not afraid of that.
2: Yeah. We don't want to teach. We have to hide this if someone, right. if someone's around who doesn't like it. Yep.
1: In that yeah. same book, Daniel, you know, is told he's not allowed to pray anymore. And he goes up and he opens, opens up the window. his window <laughs> yeah. and he prays right where he did before. Everybody can see him. And he's like, Yeah, okay, you can tell me not to. I'm mm-hmm. still gonna do it. Is that's what my Lord has called me to? Yeah, Mm -hmm. which I, you know, we see in Jesus as well. The story we've covered with our son several times—the story of Zacchaeus, where Zacchaeus is up in a tree. Jesus asks him to come down. Then you remember the whole crowd tells him, "Hey, you don't, you don't want to go to that guy's house. Uh, Don't go to his house." And Jesus does not say, "Oh, okay, I didn't realize this is one of those people (laughs) that we shouldn't go to their house for." He says, in spite of everything the crowd is saying, he goes, "Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house tonight." And of course, salvation comes to Zacchaeus' house. Everything changes for Zacchaeus. But the picture there as well that we point out to our boys, you know, and this is a phrase we started using with our kids, is I'll ask them, like, do the Griffins, that's our last name, do the Griffins follow the crowd? And they know the answer is only if the crowd is following Jesus. Like, if the crowd is not following Jesus, we don't follow them. But if the crowd is, like, if if we're in the church crowd and we're following Jesus, absolutely, that's what we're going to do. Let's be bold together. But if the crowd's not following Jesus, we're out. Yeah.
0: Uh, I was going to say, I think of Psalm 4 when the psalmist talks about resting while surrounded by his enemies and just think about like sometimes being bold looks like choosing to rest and have Sabbath and have peace and yeah. not be frenetic. So like not be a workaholic, not be a, I don't even know what else, but I think about like setting aside a day and not following the patterns of this world and filling up our calendar and being preoccupied with everything else. But choosing to rest. Even when we could be working, we could be sporting, if our kids are doing sports or whatever it is, be producing. Instead, we say, no, we trust God is going to provide. At the end of the day, it's his provision that we receive. So I just love that That sometimes it's like a counter- it feels counterintuitive because it it's like being bold, but it's also being at peace. It's yeah. not being Yeah, it looks, looks like doing crazy. nothing,
2: but you're actually doing something. Right. Yeah.
0: And it's very countercultural. It is. People and your, your don't family's Sabbath.
1: very good at being committed to that. They try. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Well, let's talk about so what for a second. If a parent came to you and said, hey, I'm really struggling with this. I feel timid about my faith, mm-hmm. or I feel apologetic when it comes to leading my kids differently or preparing them to be different. Like maybe the temptation for them is, I just really want my kid to fit in. Mm. I can't stand the idea of them being a social outcast to some extent because of what we believe or because of what we practice, and I'm really struggling with that. Or maybe they're struggling to convince their kid right now, like, hey, this is, this is what our family does, and their kid is like, well, I hate that, mm. and I don't want to be a part of what you believe. What kind of wisdom, what kind of advice would you give to a parent who's going, man, I've, I really need help here. I'm, I want to be bold in what we believe, but it's really hard.
0: I'd say probably start with, like, why you feel called to what you're doing and like, and then presenting that before your children. So having a family meeting, depending on the ages of your kids, obviously. But, you know, if it's your kids aren't wanting to go to church, but you guys are going to gather with the, the body of believers and sit under the authority of God's Word and take communion and sing, and that's something that you feel called to do because you are, then it's explaining to your kids that that's what, that's what we're doing. And uh, God's given us authority over our home, and he's called us to do this, and I'm sorry that that's hard for you, but we're, we're doing it. Yeah. we're going to do this, and this is why it's good for you. And maybe even speaking to, gosh, their own their own hesitancy, like that would be that's something that's shaped by their flesh in the world. And so like calling that to the table and saying, no, that's not that's not right. We're yeah. gonna, we need to gather and yeah. learn and praise. Yeah, I feel like there, there's
2: enough evidence in our world us to show our children that like following the path of the world does lead to destruction it leads to hopelessness and devastation and we have yes. a better hope and so we're going to keep choosing what's better but also to relate to the child that that I also think it's hard sometimes totally you know that I I don't I don't always skip into church because I'm I'm going mm. I'm here because this is what God says is best for me
0: yeah.
2: um sometimes I'm just it's it's obedience mm. right to say like this is this is good and I need to do it But it's not necessarily what sounds the best to me right in this moment, Mm -hmm. right? And so we can relate to our kids on that. When it comes to like the the fears, the fears of rejection, isolation, Mm -hmm. we need to remind people that as Christians, we are the least rejected. We have the best acceptance that we could hope for, right? Because we have an acceptance no one can take from us. We are the least isolated because we become part of the family of God, Mm -hmm. that Even if I were to move somewhere, however, I could feel alone. No matter where I go, now that I am a believer, I am part of the family of God. Yeah. So for people who become estranged from their families because of their faith, for people who who their own family unit breaks up, they are part of the family of God. And so uh, those fear, everyone has fears, right? That need to be surrendered, and ultimately there's some sort of idolatry, right? There's something rivaling our affections, right? So if we're saying like, I I want to follow Jesus really boldly and I want to chase after him. And at the same time, scared, it's going to cost me this. It's going to cost me popularity. It's going to cost me a a friendship group that I'd like to be a part of. Mm -hmm. We just need to encourage one another in the body of Christ that Jesus is better So whatever it is that's Mm -hmm. like rivaling him, it has to be laid down. It has to be laid at his feet and say, I'll actually bring this to you as a sacrifice and an offering to say, it does feel good to have friends. It does feel good to be in some sort of group that we hope to be included in, but I'll also lay it down, right? We lay our trophies down at the feet of Christ and say, really, I'm just an unworthy servant, happy to be here. And so when we start killing idols, it becomes easier the more you do it.
1: Amen. You know, I think too, like uh, connected to what you're talking about, if you are struggling to be bold because you're afraid of what you look like in your kid's eyes, because you have a teenage kid who thinks you're going to be like a a not fun parent Mm. or that you're ruining things for them, just remember like you surrender that desire to be cool in their eyes to the Lord as well and say, well, I I am not called to serve my kids Mm -hmm. at the expense of serving my God. I serve my kids in line with how I serve my God. And sometimes serving your kids means telling them they're not going to do something they want to do and taking something from them that they want to keep. And that's, an. uh, there are versions of that. I'm not saying that's always going to be the case, but there are versions of that that are righteous and good. And that's what parenting is. Parenting is making hard choices on behalf of your kids to say, well, God has taught me better than you know, and your heart is deceitful. And I understand why your heart wants something, but this is what we're going Mm -hmm. to do. And not saying it harshly or not in order to hurt and not in order to break somebody's heart, but to say, I'm, I mean, I'm so committed to this. I, I, I'm I, not willing to compromise this for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I want that heart that's yeah. bold enough to say, even, even in the face of resistance for my children, I'm resolute. Because yeah. as much as I want my kids to admire me, I'd rather do what's righteous.
0: Right. Yeah. I think, too, that boldness looks different in different contexts. I know that we've got listeners really all over the place. But for those that are in the Bible Belt, it might feel like you're not having to be very bold. And I just wonder if it, you really ask yourself if you sat down with your spouse or with your community and said, you know, where are we being bold? Where is it? Where is following Jesus requiring courage of us? And you don't see it, then it might mean you're either like conforming to your culture's version of religion that's not really. That's because good. we've seen the, the church not yeah. follow Jesus before. And then. Um, or it might just be you've, you're in that bubble that I talked about earlier where it's like we're, we've so insulated our life from the world that we don't even know how to be in it. And mm-hmm. it doesn't require courage from us because we've kind of padded ourselves yeah. with other Christians. I've eliminated any person that, I've, them, that I, might I, I,
2: oppose my view.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I would say the challenge would be like it's time to step out of that or it's time to fi- you know figure out, okay, what is God calling us to then? Because I don't That's know that good. there's— ever a scenario where we should be walking, like living a life that doesn't require some measure of boldness or sure. courage.
1: Right. So. No, I think that the Bible would call us to that. Christ right. has called us to that. Yep. To be bold. And, you know, Paul would even say the reason we are so bold, the reason he was so bold is because of what we believe. We believe that victory cannot be taken away from the Christian.
0: Mm-hmm. And I am
1: a Christian. Nobody can take my victory away because it is secure in Christ. And therefore, I'm very bold. There's nothing. What can man do to me? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What can man do to me? Nothing. Nothing. Well, thanks for listening, friends. If you think it's as important as we do to disciple our families, please help us out by giving us a great review wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit one of our sponsors and share this episode with one of your friends. I hope you'll check out the new book, The Boy Who Is Bold, released in October, 2023 from b Kids. You can get it anywhere that you buy books. And if you want to keep up with us or join the conversation, you can follow the Family Discipleship Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. All right, listeners, we love you. We'll talk to you again next week.